The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome to the Needle Mythology Podcast, hosted by myself, Pete Perfides, and brought to you in proud association with our friends at Flare Audio, inventors of the game-changing jet earphones and the Ear HD in-ear sound refractors. Try saying that three times quickly, and you get one for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um, if it's your first time here, I'll keep it brief. When Needle Mythology isn't a podcast, it's a record label devoted to presenting beautiful music with the love and attention to detail it deserves. And the third release on our little label gathers together select recordings over 30 years by an artist whose exquisitely breathy <laughs> intonations are never forgotten once heard by both her fans and enemies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All good children need travel and shoes Drive your problems from here All good people read good books Now your conscience is clear I hear you talk, girl Now your conscience is clear since enjoying worldwide success back in 1988 with the hit Twisting My Sobriety and the album that spawned it, Ancient Heart, she's put together a magnificent body of work, most recently her 2016 album Closer to the People, which saw her assimilate her love of jazz into her sound world. Via Needle Mythology, she's about to release To Drink the Rainbow, a 12-song collection of tracks amassed from her life as a recording artist, which comes with a 7-inch single featuring two songs previously unreleased on vinyl to go alongside the 10 vinyl debutants featured on the actual record. Note, CDs are also available. More than twisting my sobriety More than twisting my sobriety You're much breathier than me, Pete. Can I just say that? Sorry. No. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah, irrelevant. If, no, no, fair point, but if I tried to make records, I don't think many. I, I wouldn't win many fans. Yeah, so I'm better off putting the <laughs> records of other breathy people out, Thank you. such as yourself. <laughs> so I'm not going to do too much talking with my mm. breathy uh, voice after this point, because this ties in with your next record, Tanita, is what we're going to do. So yeah. I've asked you to sort of to highlight some great performances by female singers yeah, and to talk about why you love them so much. And why does this sort of tie in with what we what you might be doing oh, next because, year? Uh, OK, so the next album, which I'm working working on is actually honouring a lot of women who I admire. I won't say much more than that, but it's it's really exciting project and I've discovered some amazing songs that, that are not my songs. So it's been such an edu- a joy and an education to work on this album because I've kind of gone very deeply into other people's songs. It's a bit like going back to school. So wow. a nice school, but, really, but you really know. like teachers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, yeah. Although you did go back to school in a documentary recently. Anyway, let's... Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my look, God, yeah. Look Is that it? up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. No, I was in it. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Should we go 
from yeah. down to the bottom to the top, or yeah. are, they, are they not? Oh, in... let's do that then. Yeah, yeah, because that's quite you know. That's an interesting way. Let's to build up things. the suspense, shall okay. we? Okay. So, um, your twelfth choice, yes, is by Brittany Howard. Yeah. Stay. Tell us a little bit about Brittany and how she came into your life. Oh, I just uh, love Alabama Shakes. I think she's just got such fire in her as a singer and as a groove master. I think she's just one of those performers who has such a great sense of herself. And I love this song. This is off her new album. And I wanted to include a contemporary singer because I think some people talk about how music isn't what it used to be. And I and I just don't think that's true. And there are some amazing, amazing artists and she's one of them. And I think she's really channeling Curtis Mayfield on this record. And uh, what's the title? Get Higher? Higher? Uh, stay High. Stay High. And I love the video and I just love her confidence. And I'm envious of her abilities as a singer. Can you remember when you very first heard that voice? Oh, it must have been Alabama Shakes and Hold On. And I just thought, that's the riffiest. It's like when you hear an old Stax song. Or, mm. But it's it was... It was totally for today. That's the other thing I love. But it had the simplicity of all those classic soul records and just a great band playing their heart out. And that's, yeah, magic. And she's also in a band called Thunder Bitch, which is a great thing. I think she married one of them. Did she? I think so. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Okay. I, didn't I don't know. know. I read the New York Times interview. There's three, three ladies in it, isn't there? I'm sure you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I'm on the wiser. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. If, if I knew someone in a band, band called Thunder Bitch, I'd probably want to know. <laughs> I just love this collaboration thing that a lot of young artists have. And, you know, having lots of different ways of expressing themselves, I think that's amazing. At night, where we get to play. Let's go on to your number 11 choice, Ella Fitzgerald. Mm, I discovered her, obviously, when I was younger, I, I don't think I appreciated quite what an extraordinary singer she is. And if you go on YouTube and find live performances, you'll really understand her magic. She's not underrated, but sometimes we think of her as a technician, but she's a deeply emotional singer. And this is the slow version of Lady Be Good. Hmm. And... There's a very famous scat version, but this is the version I really... I think you hear her voice in all its splendour. And the thing I like about Ella Fitzgerald's voice is there is a girliness there too mm. in, in all the gravitas. There's like this sunlight that comes through and any singer 
there's a very famous story about D- Dietrich Fischer, desk, the famous opera singer, going to see her, mm. just finishing his concert, rushing to see her, because she is a marvel for anybody actually singing as well. Just uh, So she works on every level, feel, vocal performance, and just technique, so... Extraordinary for people who want to know, you can find this on I think on the on Ella Fitzgerald sings the George and Ira Gershwin songbook, which I think is the Verve album that came out in 1959. And all of those albums, the Verve songbooks, are just an education about songs. I mean, mm. the whole collection from Cole Porter, the Gershwins. If you want to go and delve deeply into that music, you just have to look at Ella Fitzgerald's songbooks, the American songbooks. Absolutely, let's have a listen. Tony Blackburn <laughs> counting down the charts in 1981. All I need to do is just sort of say, and it's Duran Duran in the top ten of <laughs> planet Earth. Do you remember that? I remember Tom Conti did that joke, didn't he? Duran Duran. Did he? Yeah, <laughs> it, was on the, it was on the. Wasn't it on an Amnesty show? I just remember that because remember Tom Conti was like a kind of a sex symbol at one point, wasn't he? Oh and, yeah. And he came on, and all the kids went, yeah. He went, Durren, Durren. <laughs> um, so, Dusty Springfield, The Windmills of Your Mind. And this is just a just a stunning piece of music. It is. It? What can you say about her? I mean, she's just able to sing anything. And I really sat down and thought, well, what would I want someone to hear of Dusty Springfield singing? I mean, I could have chosen Son of a Preacher Man or anything from her big super hits. But this is just, again, I marvel at her singing a song like this and making it sexy and intimate when there's something so absurd about this song. I think this is one of those songs that it works. It's amazing, but it's kind of got the most bizarre lyric. And it's the way they make this kind of a a seduction song. And it's just a matter of the singers that can just sell a song from almost a position of a disadvantage uh, yeah. and do it, you know, just commit to it in that way. Absolutely. And I love it. I mean, I guess in a different context, you would see maybe Richard Harris did the same with yeah. uh, MacArthur Park. Well, that came straight into my head. Yeah, yeah. But this, uh, this is another thing that is really interesting. It's just her feel. It's just something magical. The same in a singer like Brittany Howard, they have this very personal sense of time and it really comes out on this. And it's something to envy. It's it's really magical when a singer has that. It's very, very special. Like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On an ever-spinning wheel Like a snowball down a mountain Or a carnival balloon 
Like a carousel it's turning Running rings around the moon Like a clock whose hands are sweeping Past the minutes of its face And the world is like an apple Whirling silently in space Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind As a singer, is it something that you just almost need to allow yourself to have, to kind of allow yourself to be that brave in the recording studio? And does it help to know that other people have had to do that in similar situations? Yeah. You know, the thing that fascinates me about um, Dusty Springfield, I listened recently to a documentary about her, but actually she, she recorded in a very strange way. She did it by syllable. And to me, that is... Either she had an incredible knowledge of her voice... <laughs> to be able to go into because that's insane you know how long it takes to record by syllable I mean I just can't she had a very very specific idea of what she wanted and that, and then we'll come to another singer who's the same but when you hear them it seems like a completely natural it's performance amazing. it's um, it's something someone would almost do recording a song in another language uh, yeah, and I find that so it was recently on a documentary and some of the people who worked with that I almost can't believe it it seems so strange to me because she's definitely one of the singers that we would think of as the most natural hmm. but actually again a huge technique and a huge uh, knowledge of different kinds of music she even sang in a mexican mar- marachi band and she she's done everything from a young age but she was a big jazz fan a big soul fan but this is so elegant. Can you believe that it was originally that song with mills of your mind was offered to Andy Williams and he passed on it well, is it written by Michel Legrand? Is this some... I, uh, yes. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. No, I don't. That's so strange. The lyrics were by um, American duo Alan and Marilyn Bergman. Yeah, great. Yeah, OK. And so it it's was, a big song, yeah. Yeah, it's featured But in I it. love that Michel Legrand writing as well. I mean, I really have a a kind of big love of that, those kind of harmonies and melodies and and, yeah... Your love of which I I like the songs by you that sort of do that, and I think I've probably tended I've slightly <laughs> tended towards them on oh, on, well. in, on this uh, collection Thank to you. drink the rainbow. Um, yeah, and it's odd that it was on Dusty Memphis because yes, it's it? very European. Yeah, such yeah. a European sounding song. That's such a great album though. That really yeah. is an album that everyone would would have wanted to have made. Yeah. When you knew that it was over, you were so. such a great sense of herself and had huge self-esteem issues about her singing mm. which to me is insane but you know it's like Marilyn Monroe probably thought she wasn't beautiful you know yeah. yeah talking of people who had a rather sort of conflicted sense 
of their own sort of talents and their place in the world. We've got Judy Garland at number eight, yeah. which I didn't know prior to you sort of... <laughs> I didn't know that she duetted with Barbara Streisand. I must say that we've got all your albums at home, you know, and you're so good that I, I hate you. <laughs> I really hate you. You're so good. Oh, Julie, that's, that's so sweet of you. Thank you, you know. You know, I was trying to cram as much, you know, get as much wonderful talent on as, and I think it's magic, and I feel like this is a baton being passed, and, and, it, and just, I, I don't know how people sing like this. It's just... I mean, this gets a little bit Ethel Mermany, I have to... But it's it's so beautiful to see these two extraordinary women and you know that Barbara Streisand's going to go on and actually be the, the singer that everyone looks up to in the same way everyone's looked up to Judy Garland as, a, as having this kind of heart on your sleeve. There's something so incredibly vulnerable about Judy Garland which comes out and she's very... I love her, the way she behaves with Barbara Streisand. It's very caring and... And, yeah. But not sentimental, uh, no. and playful. Yeah. Um, for people who haven't seen it, you know, to dig out the, the, the clip. It's a, so it's Happy Days Are Here. Yeah. And a really amazing version, like an unexpected version of Happy Days Are Here. And I don't know, they're sort of almost singing two different songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, they are winter-weaving two different songs, aren't they? Happy Days and... Is she singing Get Happy as well? By I Spacing? think so. Yes. Forget your trouble, happy days. I mean, I don't know how people sing like that. I can't harmonise from nothing. And, and really? No, if you've never done it, not, not a skill I have, but to do it to this level and to do it to make it sound effortless. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and you know, Barbara Streisand looks just astounding in that clip. Isn't she beautiful? Oh, my word. Yeah. Really? So, just... so stunning. And, yeah, just so much charisma, both of them. Yeah. Really brilliant. Cross a river, soon your cares will all be gone. There'll be no more from now on. From now on, forget the past and just get happy. I hear you better change. Now we're getting into these astonishing collaborations. The next two were shared performances, but with a very different sort of uh, ambience to them. At number seven, we've got Peggy Lee, Sarah Vaughan, Aretha Franklin, and is it Roberta Flack? Roberta Flack, yeah. With a sort of medley from Duke Ellington tribute in 1973. Ain't got the change of a nickel Ain't got no Bounce in my shoe Ain't got no fancy to tickle I ain't got nothing but the blues I think this is a very interesting document as well. I mean, just to see how apart Aretha Franklin is 
I think this was a difficult time in her life, perhaps, this period. But just to realise what the singer Roberta Flack was, is. Ain't got a dream that is working. I ain't got nothing but the place. But you just hear such freedom in her voice as well. And obviously Sarah Vaughan's amazing. I love that Peggy Lee is just very cool and she's not she's letting everybody else and then she comes in and she's a real lady. I ain't got nothing but rocks in my bed. To hear these people singing together is, is astonishing and such different styles, but it works. Absolutely. Uh, what really struck me is how um, you talk about Aretha Franklin as a partner. I would probably maybe have expected Peggy Lee to be slightly more apart, but yeah. Peggy Lee merges seamlessly yeah. and empathetically in yeah. with everyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't know that existed, and so it kind of sort of blew me away slightly. You know what, we've missed one out, so number seven should have been number eight. And so let's just kind of <laughs> muddle things up here because you chose Nina Simone. And like a doofus, I completely, <laughs> I scrolled too far up. So let's backtrack to uh, Nina Simone with Gin House Blues. Mm. Perhaps more than anyone, I think whittling it down to one isolated Nina Simone performance must have been difficult. Well, you know what? There's always a Nina Simone song in, in my head or on this my playlist. So it, it was just the one of the moment, basically. I just think another artist who's had so many different identities in a way and mm. somebody who I think is unique in her ability to express other people's music with her own owning those songs completely. I just love this because I'm just amazed at the piano playing on this song and the groove. I listen so much. You feel like you can be in church or you can be... It's just... The thing that fascinates me about Roberta Flack and Nina Simone is they come from very classical backgrounds and the background of church music and gospel music. And this combination, I think, is really intoxicating. It's that formality with that freedom that I find really exciting. I know what you mean by that, the formality and freedom. It's, uh, I find that in so many of my favourite recordings, what a lot of producers are very good at harnessing, good producers, is a sort of a perfect tension between structure and serendipity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get these players who can't do the same performance twice. Exactly, yes. You know, it's rehearsed and it's a song and it goes a certain way. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're pulling in two two directions. I think that's what makes music really interesting, yeah. And is that a fascination that you've evolved with time? I mean, I notice a lot of the singers that you talk about and a lot of the singers you love are singers who 
are very sort of connected to that spontaneous side of themselves mm. and often their stories you wouldn't necessarily want to swap with them put it that no, way no but, no but i think i mean that might be partly because of the period they're from i mean a lot of the artists i've chosen are, are are coming from a very black musicians and it's a particularly awful historical even to express themselves they were fighting against the system stay away from me cause I'm in my sin stay away from me everybody On to number six, which uh, is a clip I'd, I'd seen a couple of years ago, which I'd completely forgotten. And again, it's a, just a joyful thing. It's three female singers playing with BB King, oh. and uh, it's so it's Etta James, Gladys Knight, and Shaka Khan, and they're doing uh, "Ain't Nobody's Business If I Do." I mean, this clip just makes me cry. I just every few months I have to go. And I just think it's miraculous and. I saw Gladys Knight live and she just, when she still had the pips and she was kind of amazing. Mm. And I grew up with her music, my dad was a big fan. So I think she's regal in this clip. And then Chaka Khan comes on and she's the, she's just gonna do what, but it still works. For Etta James to be looking at Chaka Khan saying, Whoa, you're wilder than me. The three of them occupy a very different Isn't, space, don't yeah. they? And so there is a little bit more electricity, a bit more of a fizz than the sort of the Peggy Lee, Sarah Vaughan, uh, oh, yeah. Um Tension. It's a bit wilder. <laughs> yeah. And you're not quite sure what Gladys Knight's thinking because yeah. she's just the perfect singer, isn't she? She just opens her mouth and it's oh, like a cream. So... Uh, it's unbelievable. She's so underrated, Gladys Knight. I don't understand that. I read her biography and I know that she didn't... Was she on Motown and she always got kind of sidelined? And 
um, it wasn't a great experience for her. So I think it was more in the 70s that her music was getting much better. You know, she had those big albums. But I just think she's a phenomenal singer and I don't know why she's... I think in a way, because there isn't the sort of uh, the human interest side, there isn't, the, you know, her life didn't sort of go off the rails, not no. so, so as I know, although yeah. I haven't read the book. No, but there's not really, no. because you just don't know Chucky Khan is going to make it but she, she says an amazing thing whatever she's doing it works <laughs> <laughs> that's a history of singing isn't it there's some completely different styles but they blend and that band is amazing everything yeah. is just like wow we can't play like this it's impossible it's in their you know all those musicians have, it's in their blood to play like that that and I just love how much B.B. King is enjoying them all. Yes, yes. Isn't that great? Needle Mythology is brought to you in proud association with our friends at Flare Audio, inventors of the superb jet earphones. We're getting into your top five now. Uh, no, but these aren't in any order. I love everything. So. Oh, now you tell me. Sorry. Um, Jennifer Warnes, uh, a singer who you've worked with, of course. Yeah, no, I, I had to include her because she's so much a singer that influenced me when I was younger and I, I loved her. I love her when she does those big film soundtracks and she's, again, she's got an extraordinary voice and and this kind of sensuality which is really a quality I love in a singer and this is a Leonard Cohen song the ballad of the absent what's the ballad, uh, the ballad of the runaway horse the runaway horse I always call it the ballad of the absent man <laughs> the ballad of the runaway horse and um with Rob Rossman, the the bass player who famously played with Lou Reed and you really hear the beauty of her voice and 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 it's it's a very strong voice, but it has the fragility in, in the expression that that's very, it kind of me- reaches you right in the tummy. It's very, I don't know. There's so you... much heart in her voice. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it has that thing of like, you know, maybe a few lifetimes lived already. Yes, yes. And it's an adult voice. Yeah. That's 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 something I love. Mm. I, there's a lot of girly voices around at the moment, and I really want to hear a woman sometimes. Yeah. You can see why she kept coming back to the songs of Leonard Cohen because mm. that's uh, it's just a perfect match, really. Absolutely, and I think people forget how much her Blue Raincoats album helped to re-establish Leonard Cohen because mm. it really came out maybe just a little bit before I'm Your Man, and it really brought the spotlight back on him. I just can't listen to that yeah. album enough. Uh, you know, yeah. my my guilty admission is I listen to it more than any Leonard Cohen album. Wow. It, it just yeah well I understand that too it's just never a bad yeah, time to yeah, put it yeah, on yeah it's a great record yeah a great choice of material of songs and very special and it has that real LA sound of that time hmm. say a prayer for the cowgirl her horse ran away and she'll walk till she finds him her 
darling her stray, but the river's in flood, and the roads are awash, and the bridges break up in the panic of loss. And there's nothing to follow, nowhere to go. He's gone like the summer, gone like the snow, and the crickets are breaking her heart with their song as the day caves in and the night is all wrong. You said earlier on. I'm not sure whether or not I should <laughs> believe you, but that you can't do backing vo- you can't do backing vocals. No. So you have to so you had to call Jennifer up and get some to do yeah, for, I some had to for do you. Yeah, I had to do that. It's a big sacrifice, but you know, <laughs> she does amazing backing vo- vocals and and well, vocals and mm. very and she's again, she's a singer a, a bit like Dusty Springfield who's very very specific about what they do in the studio. Really? Yeah. Okay. And again, you don't hear that. You just think it's a flowing, natural performance. But she's very, very... If you listen back to what she does... Well, that, what she did on your song, Only the Ones We Love, you know, the... Um, how on earth... They're not... They're very odd harm. I mean, that's they're what I love really about really odd them. harmonies. And, and when you listen back to it, it's really kind of like, oh, how does this all fit together? And I think backing vocals are an art. And, and I kind of... There's very f- few people I can listen to them doing their own backing vocals. She's one of them. And then the next singer is, I think of the next singer is one of them who I can... I th- is, it, uh, is it Joni Mitchell by any chance? Yeah. So we've got conversation by Joni Mitchell here. Yeah. Again, you must have been sport. I mean, one one <laughs> I is sport for choice. Sport for. Um, why? The, so this is from Ladies of the Canyon. Uh, conversation. What What made you choose this vocal? Well, of course, you could choose anything by Joni Mitchell, but this is the first song I really fell in love with, and I was totally fascinated by the guitar, by the guitar sound. This kind of way she has of telling a story, it's very specific, isn't it? She's talking about having a... Conf- it's not like a huge message song. It's really Joni's world, and it's just that simple groove. I, I love the openness of this record. I wouldn't say pure Joni, because it's pure Joni when she's doing Court and Spot and all the Hijira and all that, but this is a a refreshing sound of Joni, an uncomplicated sound of her. Yeah. I just love the fact that she has such a strong personality such a strong sense of how good she is that that that's something if you think of female artists that maybe Nina Simone has that but it's quite rare mm. I sort of often group her with Paul Simon in terms yeah. of the fact that um, she's someone who puts details lyrical details in her songs that you just don't seem to get 
in other people's songs and she uh, she hears pieces of, I mean it's called he comes for conversation those two kind of over, seem to overhear things that mm. that, that they understand are, would are going to be great in a lyric that maybe other writers don't so much do I think you're right yeah I, I think about Paul Simon like in the, I always think that song in um, You Can Call Me Out Be Angels in the Architecture Hallelujah <laughs> when he does things like that and he is conversational as well it is something very special and unique to those songwriters because I think when you write a song you kind of have these two roads and one of them is like am I going to write the song that's going to mean everything to everybody <laughs> or am I going to write something very personal that is a decision isn't it as a songwriter yourself is it tempting when you're younger to do the to try and do the former um no I'd say it was the reverse oh, I'd right. say when you, when you're young you're kind of very in your own uh universe and I mean I don't think Twisted My Sobriety is a song for everybody it's just I think now I feel more like hmm. uh don't be obscure don't I try to balance the two things because it's nice to hear things that you don't really understand sometimes in a song Secrets and sharing soda That's how our time began Love is a story told to our friend It's second When they found He says she keeps him guessing But I know she keeps him down Anita O'Day is at number three with Travelling Light and this is a singer who I hadn't really didn't know anything about prior to you mentioning her to me for the first time about three years ago mm. Tell people a little bit about her to don't know and, and then how she sort of entered your life well, my partner has a big love of Anita O'Day, so she gave me a book, hard, High Times and Hard Times, Anita's biography, autobiography, telling her life. And it's a great read because she has this really wonderful jargon and jive, and she's obviously somebody who's just lived so much and is the ultimate musician and singer. That's all that really matters to her. And what I love about Anita O'Day is her joy and great groove and great feel but she has this thing that whatever happens and this is somebody who had a huge heroin had addiction or she had whatever problems you have she was arrested put in jail because of it there's just a smile in her that I find very moving and this performance is like regret and happiness and and it's that funny feeling in your tummy that you don't quite know but she's gonna be okay and she's kind of lived it's a comforting feeling and she seems seems to have been universally adored by people right across the sphere so by sort of you know jazzers such as louis armstrong and yeah. dina washington and yeah. george shearing but also she appeared on television with people like ronald reagan and uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember her quote from um, when she um, got into heroin and she and it co- and it got her into trouble. She and she, I think her original thing was, oh, her original reaction was, "Oh, good, this will help me stop, give up drink." Yes, 
Is that right? If I remember, yeah, yeah, you were right. And she she got into heroin because she <laughs> kind of was really impressed by how much her how well uh, dressed and how together her drummer was, who was a complete addict. So then he whatever. But that was. Let's hope that that time, yeah. It was a different time. So, but um, she came out of it. She might, she lived to a ripe old age. I'm traveling late because my man has gone. So from now on, I'm traveling late. So number two, um, and this really is a thinker who I just simply do not understand why so much more noise over the years hasn't been made about uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Oh, again, I've read her biography. No, um, I think if you want to hear, if you want to understand anything about the American music scene, you have to know this lady. Her guitar style is so influential. And again, it's that wonderful tension of church and rhythm and blues and and bringing those two worlds together and a fantastic extraordinary life i think she loved men and women she i think she even used to stage a marriage to, to as a show her own marriage it was yeah sort of a i think ten marriage yeah but really? I, I think she sold tickets to one of her marriages yeah <laughs> but um an amazing entertainer and musician and um so the clip to direct people to is didn't it rain well, this is really interesting because this is a. There was a period when not, many of those artists were not really appreciated in America, and and in the UK they were really discovering that music. Chris Barber, the Rolling, all those people were sort of in love with those blues records. Black artists who who were probably quite forgotten in America, they treated them with great respect and the and the honour they deserved. Yeah, I think this is shot in Manchester. This clip. Is it really? I think so. I think it's... It kind of looks like... Now you see that railway, it, yeah. it does look more like a British railway than an American. Yeah. But I even love the band who are vamping before she even starts playing. I just think it sounds like the coolest music ever. So just, yeah. Well, we're talking about someone who sort of came through places like the Cotton Club that could just, you know, but kind of helped invent Little Richard and then beyond that yeah. had this sort of style that you can see in, the, you know, the work of people like Jack White. Yes. I mean, some musicians are sort of like springs. Yeah, they yeah. just keep yielding and absolutely. yielding and yielding. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't it rain, children? Rain, oh, yes. Didn't it? Yes, didn't it? You know it did, didn't it? Oh, yes, how it rained. I said it rained, children. Rain, oh, yes. Didn't it? Yes, didn't it? You know it did, didn't it? Oh, my Lord, how it rained. And so she's number two. And what? who on earth <laughs> could be at number one if she's at number two? <laughs> Tell us about Maxine Sullivan. Well, I wanted to include one of the singers of that time who are singing this is a Cole Porter song night and day and I just wanted to give a nod to that those singers who were before jazz became very swing it, it, it's it's still swings of course but it's it's where you kind of hear the song in its purity and again that formality there these are 
black women singers, but it's it's still very formal and. Mm. I could have chosen one of many singers, but I, I have a real weakness for Maxine Sullivan. And, yeah, I just think it's a joyful way to hear Night and Day. And, it, and yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And, and she would have gone on singing to a ripe old age as well. She would have seen probably the Cotton Cub, all those yeah. moments of jazz age, and she would have been still singing in the 70s. We were having a conversation the other day about... Um about the Bee Gees as it happens, but I was kind of, mm. I think I was boring you with a theory about how, like, the reason some of the best Bee Gees songs portray love as a sort of, as a harrowing condition. Mm, mm. But of course, with Night and Day, we're talking about a song that also did that sometime yeah, previously yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and in and a performance in this case, which really sort of connects you to that yeah. sort of turmoil almost. Yeah, yeah. I love this performance. Again, it's very straightforward and simple, but there's a magic in that. And I love Cole Porter and I love this song. I think if you wanted to say anything about love, Night and Day expresses it perfectly. It's yes, yes, no, no. It's that all of that. Yeah, and that just the you know there's no such a hungry yearning, Bernie. It's just not. um... And the way it goes with the melody, though, that it sort of pulls you in. It's astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a fever, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's like a room whose contents have been turned upside down. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, which is as it should be. Night and day, you are the one. Only you beneath the moon and under the sun, where the Makes no difference, darling, where you are. I dream of you night and day. day and night. Such an to thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, and um, you may be listening to this on a number of platforms, you might be listening to it on iTunes or Spotify uh, and if or any of those audio platforms but um, it will also be available on YouTube as well most likely on the Needle Mythology YouTube channel this podcast was produced beautifully by Laura Drews as indeed she produces all these podcasts beautifully and um, it was brought to you with the invaluable assistance of our friends at Flare Audio, inventors of the game-changing jet earphones and the Ear HD in-ear sound refractors. <laughs> and if you're watching on this this on YouTube, it was beautifully recorded, filmed by Aki over there. Say hello, Aki. <laughs> thank See, you. Thank you, Tanita. Yeah, See you next pleasure. time. Oh, hang on. I need to... Rachel, whoever, don't switch it off yet. I need to plug the record as well. <laughs> hey, Tanita, one more thing. I, f- I forgot to plug the record. Yes. What else is happening very soon? Oh, uh, the, well, the record, uh, the, uh, To Drink the Rainbow. To Drink the Rainbow is an album coming out on Needle Mythology, uh, curated by your lovely self. Well, um, you know, with you helped. Yeah, I, mean, I helped I was... a little bit. As I, yeah, no, but I'm flattered that you created it. I hope that it takes you through other songs that you may not know by me and the cover is pretty cool it's amazing we'd have to thank james for that amazing <laughs> cover. and natasha took the photo so yeah 
Yeah, so start from the cover, then put it on and see how you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I can't oversell myself anyway. So no, it's right. Yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, uh, yeah. I need the mythologies doing some great stuff, so just check out what they do. Bless you. Okay, I'm going to unlock the doors now. You can go. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> Great big 